Hi, listener. Welcome to the More Than Me podcast with your host, Becky Harrington, sharing stories of women who decided to move outside of themselves and claim a higher purpose because together we are more. In each episode, we'll dig deep into stories of women who shed their fear and shame so that they could claim their higher purpose. Each week, you'll leave inspired, free from the shoulds that have been bringing you down and prepared to walk ahead towards your bright purpose. Experience a community that has forged a path before you and discover that you're not alone. Hi, listeners. This is the More Than Me podcast, and I'm your host, Becky Harrington, and I want you to join me each week as we discover the triumphant stories of women who decided to have more for their lives and accept their purpose. This is a podcast for women who have a deep longing in their hearts, crave community, and are ready to step out in faith. Um, our guest host today, and this is a, this is a new monthly treat, um, Diana Henderson is joining us today. I love how this woman teaches the Bible. I got to experience it in Seattle, and I asked her after that event if she would come on monthly and just unpack a story in the Bible with me. Um, and so we're going to be diving deep into some stories of when Jesus encountered women. Um, and today's episode, we're going to look really closely at a story of a woman who was living in um, captivity. She was living in shame and she was stuck in isolation. And we're going to talk about how Jesus set her free. Um, so Diana, before we get into the meat of that conversation, why don't you say hello to everybody and introduce yourself? Well, hey, happy, um, happy Friday, although, you know, it's a happy day every day. My name is Diana Henderson, like Becky said, and um, I am just so excited to be on here today and to have an opportunity to um, just share what's on um, our hearts and uh, talk about the story that Becky was referencing. So um, just a little bit about me before we dive in, um, I had an opportunity to meet Tiffany Smiley, uh, the more than me uh, founder almost two years ago. And it was kind of funny because our introduction was virtual. So I was actually writing a column for Ivanka Trump's women empowerment website. And I just happened to be in New York at the time doing a Facebook live talking about some leadership principles for women in the business world. And uh, Tiffany Smiley just happened to tune into that Facebook live and felt like there was a connection. And Thankfully, um, she followed up on that, uh, that lead, and we got connected via email um, and started working together for the next several months. And from there, um, More Than Me was birthed, and it's just really cool to see the lives that it's impacting and the national and eventually, I believe, global impact that More Than Me movement will have. So it's awesome. Awesome. I and, love um, I love that we have it. We share a similar story with Tiffany in that she, her and I were introduced in this technology world. She found me on Instagram and then we ended up um, becoming friends through that. It's such a interesting time to make friends, right? I forgot you said that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's nice to have that virtual connection. Yeah. And Diana and I also met through um, Tiffany. We got to meet in person for the first time. Um, when we were at the Seattle event and, you know, um, there's just nothing like, uh, meeting someone in person that, that, that connection and that interaction is so different 
than following someone in the technology world. So it's such a treasure that I got to know her and that we live on opposite sides of the country, but we still get to have a friendship and a relationship. So it's so yeah, absolutely. happy to have you on here. So Diana, you have kind of a unique mix of things that you're involved with. Um, yeah. You, you are like this mixture of like executive powerhouse mom ministry pastor. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, well, first I always say I'm daughter of the King, which is, um, you know, my first and foremost role. I have an amazing husband. Um, I have three children, ages seven, five, and two and a half. So I always tell people that, uh, life is, chaotic at home, but in the best way. Um, I have the pleasure of serving clients in the marketplace. Um, I am an executive with a marketing technology company. I run Revenue Generation um, and have been there for uh, almost 13 years. And then um, a couple of years ago, God called me to start a leadership consultancy, um, really a, a business that breathes life into new ventures and it's really based on the principle of exhortation. So I, I put that gift that God gave me of encouragement to work and I help people breathe life into concepts, bring those into um, you know, a, a business fashion that they can generate revenue or, or step into their purpose. Um, and then as a, another job, so to speak, my husband and I are campus pastors uh, for a local church in Charlotte, North Carolina. So. Um, this church really changed our lives, and um, when the senior pastors asked us to step up into a role of leadership, um, we did so willingly just to be able to give back to the church that changed our lives. So that's a little bit about me, multifaceted and kind of a, a unique combination, um, but you know, when God calls you to something, it might not make earthly sense, but you know, sometimes uh, heavenly calls don't make sense in the, in the natural realm, right? Yes. I know that when I first heard you rattle off all of that on stage, in my mind, I was like, could you teach me how to be more efficient in my life? <laughs> because if you're managing to do all of those things, you must know some things about balancing time. And someone actually asked you about that. And I loved your answer. Would you share that with, with our listeners today a little bit about how oh, you sure. manage all of that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll first say it's grace for today. You know, every morning I wake up and I know that I'm not going to do it 100% perfect every time. Um, in fact, not 100% perfect most times, but that God gives me the grace to do my very best each day. Um, and then practically, I plan in weekly increments. I look at the week and I, I look at where my time um, is invested, whether it's in my corporate role, my um, entrepreneurship or um, our ministry, and then certainly family as well. And then I just kind of shift accordingly so that there's balance within a week versus planning any further out. Because quite frankly, you know, you just, you've got to be able to have margin in your schedule too, to accept the unplanned that comes your way. Yep. Yep. Well, we so appreciate you taking the time to even be on here. And um, the so Diana texted me last night and she said, oh, I realized I'm going to be driving at the same time that we're recording this episode. I'm not, she's not driving herself. <laughs> um, she's sitting in a car. So she's being safe people. I don't want any notes about this. Um, That's right. 
but she is driving in a car and and I just thought well I don't see any reason why we can't make that work and um that's that's how we do these things I think sometimes I know I can sometimes get locked into everything has to be in alignment in my life um in order for me to to step into my purpose and um just in full disclosure today I am like wrecked with the flu I, I literally feel like I'm incubating the plague and um, mm. I'm taking over it, the Instagram stories for more than me. And it's a podcast recording day. I batch record these for the month. So I'm doing four for more than me. And I did two this morning for another client. And I just, I just said, you know what, God, I woke up this morning and I said, I need mercy <laughs> because I do mm -hmm. not have the strength to do this. And he is totally following through. He is following through today. So we're so excited to have you today, okay. listener. And we're, I'm, I want to, before we get into our episode, I just want to remind you, More Than Me is always releasing new events. Um, right now, if you're listening to this as we released it, we won't be having any more events until the fall. So we're at a little break, but we want to see you in person and we want you to start planning now to see us in person in the fall. So we are going to be releasing the dates and locations for upcoming fall events in the upcoming weeks of when you're listening to this. So go on morethanme.com and if you sign up for our newsletter, you're going to get notified when those events, some of you have to budget and plan for this. So I want you to start thinking about it now because I want your goal to be to meet me and Diana and the rest of the collective members mm -hmm. somewhere this year because there's nothing like an in-person relationship and we want to give you a hug and we want to be there for your personal life and know you personally. So the other way that you can join us is you can get involved with the member program. This is for audacious women who want to band together with us to live out their purpose. You're going to get to interact with this community of women every single month and hear from expert coaches, marketeers, and more. There's tons of benefits, but I'm going to tell you, I say this up every episode, the real benefit is your participation. This is a give and get community where we embrace and help each other. We collaborate, support, and promote out of the abundance in our lives. Um, this is a skin in the game group of women, and we want you to join us. So it does, you don't have to have a business. This is a question that's been coming up. Some, a lot of women have businesses. Some of them don't. We just want women who are for other women. So you can find more about all of this um, and anything we talk about. If you're listening on a podcast app, click on the description. All the links are there or go to morethanme.com. Um, this is episode five of the More Than Me podcast, and you can click on the, the podcast section on the website and find everything that we talk about today. So Diana, we're going to get into the Bible today, and I actually have my Bible sitting right next to me because I want to read it right out of here. Awesome. I put it on the script, but I'm going to read it right out of my Bible because I'm a big fan of reading things directly out of the Bible. So um, Diana... Um, I want to invite you to just, we're going to read a big chunk of scripture um, and then mm -hmm. we're going to slow down and we're going to pay attention to it. So you go girl, go ahead and start reading it to us. Awesome. Well, this is Mark uh, chapter five and we're going to start in verse 21. Um, but before I read it, I just wanted to call out that the title of this story in the Bible is Jesus heals in response to faith. So this is verse 21. Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. 
When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. Verse 24, Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay for them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she'd gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Verse 30, Jesus realized at once that, he, that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, uh, look, the, the crowd is pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But Jesus looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. While Jesus was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue, and they told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teachers now. Uh, I don't know why, but I always cry every time I read this story. Um, it's so good, isn't it? I, it's so good. Like there's so much that is um, in this story. Um, but let's just start from the beginning. Um, yeah. So, so Jesus is being called, like he just got off the boat. So can you imagine like, Diana, you travel a lot. Like you just got off the mm -hmm. airplane and you flew from New York to California, <laughs> right? Like mm -hmm. you've been traveling <laughs> yeah. all day. Yeah. There was a screaming baby on the plane and you didn't get any sleep and you're exhausted and you're being called straight into a meeting, right? Like that's, that's yeah. kind of the situation that's happening. And you're being called by Rick, by um, like, like Beth Moore, right? Like the leader of the synagogue. Uh -huh. Like I'm trying to think of like the most famous Christian yeah. person. Rick Warren met you at the airport and was like, mm -hmm. Diana, I know you're exhausted, but my daughter's dying. My daughter, right? And when, I mean, there's nothing yeah. more precious than children that are sick. And so what's your response to that? right? Like, well, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, one thing I just wanted to point out in that Becky is I love that Jairus sets a great example for us. And, you know, the woman with the blood issue, I know we're going to get to her in a moment, but she does the same, you know, yeah. here, both of them have a need. Jairus has a need. His daughter is, has fallen ill beyond repair of any medical doctor. But what does he do? He goes to Jesus. Ah, and that. what does the woman with the blood issue do? She goes to Jesus. Yeah. You know, despite our circumstances, despite a medical report that we've been served or a bill that shows up in the mail that we don't have the finances to cover, or maybe it's a relationship that's just walked out of our lives. You know, these circumstances happen to all of us. It doesn't have to look just like a medical thing. And I think today, 
we can all, you know, raise our hands as guilty saying that we don't go first to Jesus. You know, sometimes we phone a friend. Sometimes we go to Google. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're asking or heeding the advice of someone else when I just love how Jairus and the woman with the blood issue first went to Jesus. And how fervently they went to Jesus. So I think sometimes it's like, okay, well, I, I said a quick prayer or, um, but like, this would be the equivalent, like this kind of like, I heard that Diana is flying into, to Denver airport. I can get there by the time her plane lands. I'm going to get in the car and drive now. And I'm going to be there when Mm -hmm. she gets to the airport, that kind of like over the top way that they, they sought after Jesus, um, is part of like, this is a response to faith, right? This is what faith looks like when we're just so over the top, um, going, Absolutely. To him, going to him. So, yeah. so now we have a daughter, we have, uh, a, a, his daughter is dying. Um, she's not just sick. Mm-hmm. She's going to die. It's, it's very urgent, right? So he needs to get on his yeah. way and he's, he's in a big hurry. So, um, and also this is a famous person. So famous people attract other people, right? So, so Rick Warren mm-hmm. got on Instagram and he's Insta storying what's going on. And there's like hundreds of thousands of people watching the story, right? That's what it would look like. In yeah. Today, I feel like, and so there's a lot of attention and this woman sees him and she's also seeking after Jesus. I imagine that she also heard that he was going to be arriving and she may have yeah. come a long way as well, right? And now this more absolutely in, this more important person, um, he's being his attention is being drawn because he's more important. He's the leader of the synagogue, and she she's a person who's probably unknown because she has to ha- she has to be in a bleeding hut all the time, and so she doesn't have a strong community of people who know her. She's pretty isolated mm-hmm. in her life, so she she does something really bold and courageous. This, I, I don't yeah. know of any other encounter in the Bible of someone who was like, well, if I just touch him, <laughs> surely I'll yeah. be healed. So let's talk yeah. about that. Well, yeah. Well, and, and one thing I wanted to say there too, Becky, like just to build off what you're saying, you've got Jairus and his daughter is 12, right? The, the Bible um, in other translations references that the age of his daughter is 12. And here's the woman with the blood issue, and she's been suffering for 12 years. Mm. And on top of it, again, other translations and other, um, uh, you know, other gospels reference that, um, that the 12 disciples were there. Mm. So, you know, when the Bible references a specific detail, like a number, you know, that I've learned over time that that's a clue to pay attention. And so, you know, when you research the number 12 in the Bible, it literally means faith inspired to take action. Mm. So I just love that this detail of the number 12 is so, um, it's subtle, yet it's very profound in this story. So, you know, as you're describing like this journey and this um, fervency and this determination to make it to Jesus, it, nothing was special about them in, in their faith regard other than they put that faith into action. Mm-hmm. So to your point, here they've made it to Jesus. The woman with the blood issue has made it. She's, you know, she's pressing through the crowd, the Bible says. And, you know, it's 
like you're saying, there's, there's this massive crowd around Jesus. And I imagine that she's trying to get his attention, but at the same time, she recognizes that she is deemed unclean. In those days, because of the type of disease that she had, she was labeled as unclean. In fact, she wasn't even able to go to the local church to worship because of the disease that she had. So she's pressing through the crowd and she can't quite get in front of Jesus. But I love how she's like, that's okay. I believe that even if I just touch his cloak, I will be healed. Even if I just get a, a little grab of his robe, I know that I will be healed. Isn't that powerful? And, and we also know that many of his disciples who lived and breathed right next to him actually struggled to have this depth of faith. They, mm, they, they believed and they thought he was a great man, but like you can see how it happened at the end. They scattered. There was a lot of insecurity that happened amongst the disciples and they lived and walked with him every day. And this woman, this is the, probably the first time that she's ever even set eyes on him. She has heard stories of him that were passed through this person and this person and this person, but she is so certain in her faith about who he is. And he yeah. can't, like, he, I love how Jesus is always so arrested by that audacious faith in people. Like he's, yeah. almost, he's almost shocked himself when it happens that it all of a yeah. sudden, that kind of faith, I don't think it was just that someone touched him and healing came out of him that shocked him and made him stop on his journey. I think it was this mm -hmm. audacious faith that he could not ignore. Yeah. Like it was so rare yeah. and so powerful that it, I think it shocked him. Like, who is this woman? I have to know who yeah. this is. Well, yes. Well, and you know, Becky, I love how you, you specifically said the depth of her faith. You didn't say the size of her faith. You didn't say the, you know, the, the, the vastness of it. You said the depth of her faith, because to your point, when Jesus was teaching the disciples in the Bible, how to have faith, he said, it takes faith the size of a mustard seed mm -hmm. and you can move mountains. In other words, we don't have to have large faith. We just have to grow in the faith that we have. You know, I, I, I like to describe it this way that, you know, I'm married and I've been married for 12 years and I can't get any more married. You know, I'm either married or I'm not. Same thing with faith. Like I can't get any more faith, but I can grow in my marriage. I can't get more married, but I can grow in the marriage that I have. And the same is with faith. We can grow in the faith that we have. So, so as you're saying, this woman just exercised faith like Jesus had only seen on few occasions. I mean, yeah. he, it's, it's documented in the Bible when he, um, you know, encountered faith like hers. And um, it's just powerful. I think if we can all just embody what it means to exercise faith like that, not large faith, but just the depth of faith, it's really powerful. Well, and, and like, and to your point, <clears throat> when we think about faith, a lot of times I think we think about Bible knowledge or maybe like, um, church, like church involvement levels. Mm. And this woman, like you said, she wasn't even allowed to go to the church. She wasn't, she, she couldn't participate in a growth group. She couldn't, um, volunteer to make the coffee in the morning or, or be taught the Bible. Um, she wasn't yeah. able to do any of those things. And so sometimes I think we, 
uh, we think a lot of times like, well, that person knows more about the Bible, so they can step into that calling, but I can't step into that calling or I don't have enough faith education um, or knowledge to be able to do this. And here's this woman who has been in isolation and she, she arrests Jesus with her faith. Like he is like, yeah. he's impressed with it. And I know that mm -hmm. when, at times that I read this scripture before I learned how to kind of really pay attention to the details. Um, I used to think like he was mad at her. Like that's why he stopped. Like ugh, you just came and took healing without asking, you know, and, and yeah. she, she was in trouble maybe. <laughs> Cause I used to think that mm -hmm. she was like really thought I was in trouble all the time. Um, but that I don't, I don't see that anymore in this story. I see a, I see him being like, this has to be pointed out because it's so important that people have to see it. They have to see this. Yeah. Reality. Yeah. Well, and you know, the, the, the scripture that we just read, I love how it says that she fell on her knees trembling. And, yeah. you know, to your point, it, it's easy to interpret that as a, a trembling of fear that she was fearful of Jesus. But in actuality, it was a, a, a different type of fear of the Lord. She was, it was it's a fear, of, uh, it's reverence. She had such great awe for his authority that she was trembling in awe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think oftentimes we misinterpret that again, that, that you know, God is this lawful, um, you know, um, condemning God, but it's quite the opposite. He's He's a gentle, loving God. He's, he's a God of, of conviction, yes, but that he's a loving father. So there's, uh, some people would say in this story, like, okay, Jesus was in a hurry. He was on his way to heal a child that was dying, a child. And he, um, this woman touched him. He knew that she was healed he could have just gone on his way. Um, he could have just been like, okay, well that happened. She's, she's good. I took care of, I multitasked here. Right. Um, yeah. I don't need to, I don't need to stop because I have to keep going. I'm in a hurry. And this, this girl is going to die. He knows this girl is going to die if I don't get to her in time. So why did he stop? Why did he stop what he was doing? and confront this woman why did he have to do yeah. that yeah good question you know i i i like to think um not only you know did her faith stop him in his tracks you know for him to encounter such a faith like what we described but i also just love that um that she was she was coming to jesus she was coming out of darkness she was coming into the light and then she was coming with an ask she was coming with a need. You know, today, I think it's so easy for us to be suffering and to think that our suffering louder is just what gets God's attention. And it's not. We serve a gentleman of a God. God is a, an all-knowing, all-powerful God, but he's also not going to insert himself into a situation without an ask. So here's this woman along the path of Jesus headed to Jairus's house to heal his daughter. And he sees this woman come up with an ask. She's got a need. And I love that what she's demonstrating for us all is that wherever you are, 
whatever it is that you're dealing with, whether it's a need for healing, whether it's a need for um, for provision in your finances, whether it's a need for a job, maybe you've suffered job loss, or maybe you're struggling with relational issues. God wants an ask. He wants us to come to him with an ask. And I think in this scenario, the woman comes to Jesus with an ask, and he honored that. You know, the Bible says in Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive. And I just love that it starts with a point of action on our part. The other thing that I see in this story is Jesus was constantly, <clears throat> whenever someone came to him with a physical, a physical request, he was always turning it around to a heart mm. request. And yeah, in, this, in this situation, she came to him. This is the part that I can't, I'm just going to cry, guys. You're going to have to get over it. Mm. <laughs> um, I can be a professional podcaster and cry sometimes. Um, she came to him with a physical need, but she was also living a life that had been in shame. She was shamed yeah. for her condition. And I feel like he had to stop because he couldn't let her go and go on with a, just her physical part being healed. He had to heal her shame. And I think that is why he called her daughter, your faith made you well, go in peace. Your suffering is over. And he declared it over her publicly so that everyone yeah. would know that she didn't have to live in shame anymore. And, um, yeah, so good. and I just think about how we get so wrapped up in our own physical needs and God is so concerned about the, those things, but he, he is always most concerned about your heart and yeah. healing what's going on in there. He's always going after that. And that is one of the reasons why I just, this is one of my most favorite stories in the entire Bible. It's my, one of my most favorite encounters that Jesus had with anybody. Um, because I think it just so beautifully displays his, his constant chasing after us in our heart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Becky, to build on that, like, here's this woman who identifies not just her physical need, right? She's got sim you know, physical symptoms. She identifies the shame in which she's, she's been um, imprisoned for 12 years. And when she identifies that thing that she's struggling, those labels that she's accepted, that did not come from God, what did Jesus identify her as? Daughter. Mm -hmm. He replaces that label of shame and unclean and unwell and he calls her daughter so i just love that in whatever brokenness we feel at whatever point jesus will literally put his finger on that thing and he'll replace that label that we've accepted that worldly label that calls us something other than what god has designed us to be and he'll remind us of who he created us to be who we are in our truest form by his design. So good. Yeah. And also this is just such a great example of how Jesus is always after the one. Um, he doesn't prioritize the way that we do. Um, yeah. He, he knew, well, one, he kind of knows that he has the power to raise the dead, which is what he did later. Don't worry. The girl was frozen from the dead later. Um, he knew that. But at the same time, I think we always 
we have a way that we prioritize and his way of prioritizing is so different than our way. Um, and this story is a great example of, well, why did he not prioritize the way that we would have? The 12 year old daughter was more important. This man was more important. He had more accolades. He should have just carried on on his mission and he doesn't do that. He doesn't, he cares um, and prioritizes in ways that we don't always do. Yeah. Um, so this is a wonderful story for those of you who um, are listening and maybe have never heard this story told in this perspective. Um, Diana, I just would love for us to kind of maybe talk about um, anything that we would want to say to the women who are listening um, about this story um, in their yeah. own life. Well, you know, Becky, I, I saw a quote the other day that was just so timely. I mean, leave it to God to um, share that, that um, quote just as we're preparing for this podcast. Because the quote said, when you're hanging on by a thread, make sure it's the hem of his garment. Mm. And I thought, wow, how many times in life are we feeling like we're literally and figuratively hanging on by a thread? Life has just thrown it's worst at us and we feel like we can no longer carry it ourselves that's when jesus says the hem of my garment is enough that's all you need all we need is jesus and our circumstances will dim at the light of his glory and i just love the thought of you know this woman and her faith saying, it doesn't matter what my circumstances say, I'm going to reach for the truth. I'm going to reach for my savior. And at that point, he's got it. I don't know. How about you, Becky? What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I just, <clears throat> I would say too about um, just like how ferociously both of these people were chasing after being in the presence of Jesus. Um, and just what that can do for your life. Um, she got, yeah. she got this 12 year condition set her free. She was in a situation where she was caged and isolated and alone because of her, her, her physical ailment. And she, she was willing to do whatever she had to do to put herself in the presence of Jesus. And same with this man he he was willing to do whatever it took to go find and chase after Jesus. And I think sometimes that is simply getting, you're sitting in your car, nothing is going the way that it was supposed to today. And just stopping for a second and saying, Jesus, I just need mercy for today. Mm. I just need mercy for today. I don't, I can't do this. I'm, I need to, to show you my dependence. I need to give that over to you, whatever it is, even if it's like, yeah. I need to get to the grocery store and not have my toddler have a meltdown in the grocery store. Can I have mercy <laughs> for today? Um, even if it's that. And, and sometimes I think it's just clearing the decks in our life so mm -hmm. that we have the space to really chase after him. 
Um, if you're going through something that is really hard, like these, these are both, my daughter is dying and I've been dealing with this, this ailment that has kept me in isolation for 12 years. This is the kind of thing where we cancel everything on the table so that we can spend an entire day in prayer and worship. And sometimes in our life, that is what's necessary. And and he loves that. He loves that kind of attitude and he responds um, by, by granting us when we do that. So if you're in, if you're in one of those positions in your life where this is a, this is a make or break deal for you, I would just look at the story of how he honors us when we clear the decks in the, our life to seek after him and be in his presence. So, so good. This was so great, Diana. Thank you yeah. so much for joining us. And I can't wait to have having me. another conversation about Jesus with you um, and to just dig in the word with you. Um, again, we are, you know, we are, um, we're a membership-based organization where women get together on Zoom calls in video. We're on Zoom right now. That's what Diana and I are doing. And you can join us um, the, always on the last Thursday of the month if you join our membership program. We would love to see you face-to-face -face and get to, to know you more. Thank you for joining us on the More Than Mead podcast. Uh, we're sharing stories of women who decided to move outside of themselves and claim a higher purpose because together we are more. If you enjoyed today's show, please go and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Again, you can find out more about this movement in more detail on morethanme.com. This is episode five. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.